Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Wednesday, January 9th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Here now is the president. My fellow Americans, tonight I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. That's U.S. President Donald Trump in a national address on Tuesday night. He claimed there's a crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. But the FT's Jude Weber is here to tell us the reality of the situation there. But first, we'll be looking at where World Bank President Jim Yong Kim is headed. Yet another defeat for Theresa May's Brexit deal in the House of Commons and new sanctions on Iran by the EU. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. World Bank President Jim Yong Kim will leave his position to join a New York-based private equity fund called Global Infrastructure Partners. The fund invests in wind farms, transport, and the water and waste industries. Mr. Kim served as World Bank President since 2012, and he'll officially exit on February 1st. He'll have a one-year cooling-off period where he won't be able to do business with the World Bank. Mr. Kim's move to Wall Street stunned staff and directors. The World Bank's main concern is to insulate Mr. Kim from possible conflicts of interest. At his new job, he'll be working on infrastructure investments in developing economies. And that's the World Bank's core business. Prime Minister Theresa May faced a significant defeat in the House of Commons over her Brexit policy on Tuesday. MPs approved an amendment which restricts the government's power to make changes to tax law in the event of a no-deal Brexit. It means the government won't be able to take certain financial steps in the event of a no-deal Brexit unless Parliament had first authorized the UK to leave the EU in that way. The amendment was put forward by Labour's Yvette Cooper and the Tories' Nikki Morgan. The government instructed its Conservative MPs to oppose the amendment, but 20 ended up voting for it. Ms. Cooper said the amendment serves as a safeguard. And the EU has frozen assets of an alleged Iranian intelligence organization and two of its agents. It's a shift toward a tougher line against Tehran that could complicate efforts to save its international nuclear deal. Ministers agreed on the sanctions on Tuesday. They're a response to growing anger over Iran's alleged role in orchestrating assassination plots in Europe. Ministers are also concerned about Iran's ballistic missile program and its role in Middle East conflicts in Syria and Yemen. European countries have been battling to rescue the 2015 deal with Iran to curb its nuclear program. U.S. President Donald Trump pulled out of the agreement in May and reimposed sanctions on Iran. The new sanctions come into force on Wednesday. Last night, U.S. President Donald Trump gave an address to the nation. He spoke about a supposed crisis at the border, and he called for more border security measures. One of those measures is a wall. Right now, about a third of the U.S.-Mexico border already has a wall or fencing of some sort. Mr. Trump wants to drastically expand that. The FT's Mexico and Central America correspondent Jude Weber is here to tell us about the reality of the situation at the border. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, more than, I think it was the 310,000 border apprehensions in the fiscal year 2017. I mean, that was down from 1.6 million in 2000. I mean, if, if you look at the statistics, in fact, illegal immigrants who have crossed and been picked up by border authorities, it's at the lowest level since the 1970s. So there is absolutely no crisis, immigration crisis or invasion, as uh, Donald Trump has tried to portray it. The, the figures absolutely don't bear that out. 
And is there a real threat of terrorists crossing across the U.S.-Mexico border? Have we actually seen that before? We've not. There are more people or more suspected terrorists or more people with terrorist ties of some description who have crossed from Canada than who have crossed from Mexico. And in fact, the State Department put out a, a report last September and they said there was no credible evidence indicating that terrorist groups have established bases in Mexico, that they worked with Mexican drug cartels, or that they sent operatives via Mexico into the US. And the State Department said it's likely that they seek other means of trying to enter the US. So even by their own reckoning, Mexico is not the place for terrorists to enter the US. And there actually is a humanitarian crisis happening at the border. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening? There's a massive humanitarian crisis. I mean, this is, and it's only going to get worse. In October, middle of October, thousands of Central Americans, mostly Hondurans, but they were joined then by people from other countries in the Northern Triangle, Guatemala and El Salvador. They decided to try safety numbers and to form a caravan of people to try their luck crossing Mexico and getting up to the US to try and cross into the US. So that's on top of the number of people who are already every day trying to cross into the US. The people in the migrant caravan have made it and they're waiting it out in Tijuana. And they're living in you know fairly difficult conditions. I was talking to a photographer yesterday who'd just come back from the border and he said there's an awful lot more homeless people that you see in the streets now. Some of them are living in shelters, but obviously a lot of people are getting very frustrated at the length of the wait. These people don't know how long they'll be waiting. They don't know what prospects they will have to get into the US. They're just sort of hoping. Significantly, an enormous number of children are crossing into the US. And I read one statistic that said a third of illegal immigrants are children and there are unaccompanied minors and family units that go across. This is a massive problem. And Mexico recently just got a new president. What is his government's uh, policy toward the crisis happening at the border. Andres Manuel López Obrador is from the south of Mexico, which is a poor part of the country, and he's taken a very different tack on migration. While he's bending over backwards not to upset Donald Trump, and he really doesn't want to fall out with him, at the same token, he's he's been very clear since the minute he was elected. He wrote a letter to Donald Trump and laid out his position on migration, which is that countries need to work together to build more opportunities and development in Central America so that people don't feel the need to migrate. And he extends this also to Mexico, you know, so that people living in poverty in the region, you know, have opportunities to to work and, and to live and to make their living. And they don't see the US as the only alternative. They want to take a different tack, but they don't want to be on a collision course with Donald Trump. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. 
Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.